Hi everyone, with the U.S. election coming up, we highly encourage you to vote. We understand that not all states allow for mail-in voting, but for those that do, we just wanted to provide some tips on how to navigate the process. First, make sure you're registered to vote and have requested a mail-in ballot by your state's deadline. You can check vote.org for your state's voter registration deadlines. Next, when you're filling out your ballot, make sure to use block ink and that you're signing with your official signature. So this is a signature that you've used on any official government document like your passport or license. For first-time voters, some states require that you send in a copy of your ID, so check vote.org to see if your state requires you to do so. Lastly, due to the surge of mail-in voting, it is likely that USPS will be overwhelmed with delivering our ballots. So try to submit your ballot as soon as possible, or make sure it is postmarked by your state's official deadline for voting. Everything that we've mentioned is listed in our episode description, and we hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi, welcome to Adulthood Pending Podcast. I'm Brittany. I'm Annalise. And I'm Kimmy. We are a podcast for college students, recent graduates, or anyone else who is figuring out that being an adult isn't as simple as it's made out to be. Join us as we share how we are navigating our careers, post-grad lives, and the whole adulting experience. today's episode, we're going to be talking about friendship after college, how they've changed, how you've maintained them, and how it gets more complicated after graduating. But before we get into that, we thought it'd be fun to start each episode off with a question as a way for you, our listeners, to get to know us a little bit better. So the question for today's episode is, what is your longest friendship? So my longest friendship, I met, uh, her name's Naomi, and we met when we were in the fourth grade. I'm too lazy to calculate how old I was, but (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah, apparently we met because she thought I did really well on like math tests and wanted to copy me, (laughs) like straight up copy me. (laughs) Like, like literally like peek over your shoulder type of copy. Yeah, like copy like did you know you didn't get mad um she told me she told me later and i was at that point like you have to know her and be like i'm not surprised honestly (laughs) um but yeah we were and we just it's funny because we're just like polar opposites but i just remember bonding over like american girl and webkins like that era of stuff (laughs) and it's so yeah it's just funny how like you can be completely different but somehow those things like built such a solid friendship because we're still friends to this day. But yeah, <laughs> my longest friendship is actually with someone that I didn't even know before being born. Um, what? It's a family friend. <laughs> it's impossible. <laughs> I guess so. My when my mom was pregnant with my older brother Kai, her friend Kimmy, who I'm not named after. Oh. My mom just likes oh. her name. I know. Spelled the same way, too. Um, her friend Kimmy had a daughter named Kiana, which is the same age as, as my older brother. So that's how they met through preschool. Um, so they're a year and a half older than me. So then when I was born, apparently, like, <laughs> my brother would get defensive because this is probably when I was more of a toddler because he would want to, like, hang out with me and protect me. And then my friend Kiana would want to do the same. So at first, I guess they didn't like each other at all. But later, I mean, we're like all friends now and our families are really close, which is why I think our friendships have been able to 
maintain close because we see each other as a family and they also have three kids. I'm in a family that has three kids. So she kind of saw you as like a younger sister. Yeah. In that story that you just said. For okay. sure. Oh, that's so cool. how did that conversation with your mom have with her friend go where she's like, it's the exact same <laughs> name, exact spelling, but it's not after you. But it's not named after you. I promise. You know, I'm not sure. But I mean, she definitely knows it because anytime when my aunt Kimmy would like babysit us, she would always tell people, oh, this is like Kai, my younger brother, Kane and Kimmy. Oh, but she's not named after me. <laughs> like this, she needs to make yeah. it known that she's not named after you. That's okay. Funny. Interesting. My longest friendship is with my very good friend, Ben, from fifth grade onwards. Since fifth grade. I'm being really awkward about it because I had the biggest crush on him from like fifth grade all the way until this is embarrassing i'm not gonna say when it ended i'll just say when it ended 2019 really like yesterday (laughs) um like early high school which is a really long time and it yeah we're just really good friends now he knows that i had this huge the whole school knew i had i mean i'll be honest everyone knew like well because he never liked me back (laughs) (laughs) just in the friend zone for too long yeah it just wasn't like he ever had feelings back so it wasn't transition from what they were always friends (laughs) (laughs) i'm then like transitioning her state of mind (laughs) oh i don't know i think it's just like over time i really valued our friendship more and it was like okay he i really like him as a person and so i wouldn't like, I just don't see him not being in my life. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, if I date him and things go weird, that would totally mess things up. So I'd much rather just be his friend. And mm-hmm. it just kind of stuck that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let us know how long your longest friendship is. Tag them in our latest Instagram post. And tag them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I'm just curious what you two have learned or how your thoughts have changed about the topic of friendship, I guess, since graduating or since growing older. When I was younger, I associated really good friends with someone that I would spend 24 hours with. Mm-hmm. But as I grew older, I think I realized in high school that I don't need to speak to someone every day or even once a month. It's just like when we are together and if things feel the same and everything still feels natural and comfortable to me that's what makes a good friendship Mm. I think growing up a lot of it is like you do a lot of activities with people whether that be after school activities and then you hang out with them after school to going to college and being more independent Mm -hmm. and hanging out with them in like certain chunks and then there's also I don't know why this just came to me but the friendships where it's like, hey, we should get a meal sometime. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then mm-hmm. you never do. But you still call them a friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like for me, it's also interesting because f- I sometimes say that I'm friendly with someone. Yes. I don't say that I'm friends with them. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I remember learning that term. To be friendly with? Yeah, I learned it in college. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is such a good term because before I would always be like, we're acquaintances. Right, but that sounds we're so friends, formal. We're not really friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, something I've learned is like, since like growing up and like having, I guess, more challenges to my current friendships is like realizing that 
friendships are essentially a different type of relationship which I know sounds really mm-hmm. straightforward so with me and my boyfriend we work on our relationship in terms of like talking and just like making sure we're like on the same page of a relationship mm-hmm. whereas you don't really do that a lot with friends you just kind of like expect them to always be there or just expect them to, just to be a source of fun and entertainment or social support mm-hmm. yeah that's something I've learned is like you really have to also put in work to those friendships because they are just as much as a relationship as a romantic relationship or a familial relationship so yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I think like growing up a lot of it was like a popularity contest Mm -hmm. where it was like you could try try to get as many friends as you could but then later on it was like well okay well what friendships do I value and then which Mm -hmm. ones am I willing to put in the work and the effort to keep and to maintain Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it goes back to what you were saying, Brady, about like treating it as a relationship and not just a friendship, mm-hmm. which is, I feel like, something that I've learned to do as I grow older because it's no longer about how many friends do I have, mm-hmm. but like, what do my current friendships mean to me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think to touch on Brittany's point as well, like when I got into my first relationship, I don't know, a year and a half ago. Something that surprised me is how open we communicated with each other because that was the first time that I had experienced that in like a relationship or a friendship. Mm -hmm. Um, And like I remember after that situation just thinking, oh my gosh, this is how everything should be. Like we should always talk (laughs) about these issues and just be super transparent. But for some Mm -hmm. reason, I don't know if it has to do with like time or proximity or maybe just who I am, but I still feel like it's hard to just be very open with mm-hmm. friends yeah why is that does that make like i can yeah. very easily no i totally get that like i feel really comfortable being honest to certain people like mm-hmm. family partners but then mm-hmm. when it comes to friendships i think it's just like the idea of there's more at risk maybe like if you lose a friendship it's like oh well it's a friendship mm. and then there's the risk of making things awkward mm-hmm. possibly yeah there is I feel like a difference in say like breaking up with someone and losing a friendship like it's almost mm-hmm. deeper I don't know <laughs> it yeah. seems like or just more negative I guess maybe because I don't know I don't know why that is I mean to your point though Annalise that there is like more to lose in a friendship I think like in contrast with a relationship you know you're either going to break up or if you want to stay together or get married right so like mm-hmm. With friendships, though, there's that same Mm. path, but I feel like it's more blurred because you could just grow Mm, apart or break up (laughs) or be friends forever or ghost each other. Oh, yeah. Ghosting. What about like friendships that you feel like you don't get enough of in return? Like there are certain friendships where you just put so much time and effort into maintaining and you just feel like it's never reciprocated, you know? I have lots Mm. of thoughts on this. Do you want to Yeah, as someone who's very proactive, and I think I am, like, a really good friend in terms of staying in touch with people. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. always the one to reach out and initiate conversations. And it actually wasn't until this past year when I met someone who was very similar. And I told her, I was like, oh, my gosh, you're literally the first person who, like, reciprocates as much as I do. Mm -hmm. And I definitely have reflected in the past, like, why is this and is this fair or how does this make you feel? And I think I approach it similarly to relationships 
like as long as everything is overall even like when you are with the person if they're super engaged and stuff like then to me it's fine if the only lack of reciprocation is like that initiation but what if they're really bad texters like after graduating to maintain these friendships a lot of it does require texting because you're not Mm -hmm. in the same city Mm -hmm. so what if they're just a really bad texter I guess for me, I pretty much know who's a good texter and who's not. And when I do have catch-ups with most of my friends, I just text them asking to plan a date. And then we just call Mm. because that's easier. But I do Mm. have like set people in my life that I text every day, just like about random Mm. stuff. And for that, I feel like it's easier to just kind of maintain the friendship and understanding what's happening in each other's lives. But I wouldn't say it's necessarily better than the ones that I catch up with like every month. Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting. Follow-up question that may or may not be related, but the idea of social media and how now like you can catch up with friends, but you see so much of their life already on social media. Mm-hmm. So how do you think friendship has changed, especially in a world where people are posting updates about their life already? So in ways you already know what's happening in their life or like the big moments, right? Mm. And so... How has that maybe changed the way friendships are maintained? Yeah, I mean, for you, Britt, because you currently don't have an Instagram, right? And (laughs) I remember (laughs) before you saying something like, oh, it would be nice to have so I can keep up with people, but I don't really want one personally. So how has Mm -hmm. that been for you? Like when you talk to other people and they say, oh, so-and-so posted that they went to this place. Do you ever feel like left out about that? I did more so in college just because that was just, I don't know. I feel like it was easy. It's an easy topic for people just to launch off of, of like, mm-hmm. oh, I saw this on your story. Um, you went here. How was that? That's cool. And like, I just didn't have access to that. And so in a way, I felt like it was a little bit of a hindrance. Like I wish I made one in college um, just so I can do that. but. I don't know. I feel like now that I have access to an Instagram account through our <laughs> Instagram at adulthood pending podcast on Instagram. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm still not missing out on that much. Um, like, if anything, it just makes me feel like I'm doing a worse job. I don't know. Like, I'm doing a worse job of keeping up with people's lives because it's like, should I know about this, about them, Mm. if that makes sense? Mm -hmm. Um, Like, you're taking less of an initiative because you already know that it, what's going on. Yeah. Or, like, if maybe if I did catch up with them in person because I saw this big event, I would be a better friend because I know this about they posted or whatever. But, um, yeah, because I see it, I'm kind of like, eh, that's cool. But... (laughs) (laughs) what about you Annalise as an active social media user do you think it benefits you in having access to people's lives like that I wouldn't say I'm active I think you have an account I do have an account okay (laughs) that's our standard account (laughs) (laughs) if you have an account you're active um yes and no so I mean I don't really look at stories anymore I used to and then I kind of stopped and I don't really scroll Instagram. that much through my post. Yeah, through my Instagram mm-hmm. feed either now. Just because like at a certain point, I think just like because all we do now is just be on our phones, especially mm-hmm. in quarantine, I just mm-hmm. feel less interested in social media. Mm-hmm. So, but I feel like, you know, like 
it's nice to I feel like a lot of my friendships now are just maintained through tagging people in memes and posts (laughs) (laughs) and I feel like that's like the extent of how I maintain a lot of my friendships there are certain people that I still reach out to regularly and Mm -hmm. talk to to maintain that friendship so I heard from someone that they think that your best friends or your closest friendships are the ones that you make in college because you spend so much time mm. with them, you live with them, you're basically mm. like adulting with them, right? Because mm. you you guys sleep in the same place, you guys live in the same place, you guys eat in the same place and everything. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. I, I, I do feel like looking back, the people that I do keep in touch with still are my college friends. But I also don't know if that's just because that's closest to me and where I am now. Mm. Like college was just a year ago as opposed to high school, which was five years ago. Is that mm-hmm. right? But I also keep in touch with people from high school too. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's also easier with social media, I think. So there is a pros and cons, right? Yeah. I have, okay, I have some thoughts on social media and friendships. Okay. There's the one side where it's like, okay, you know about their life and you can ask them about it and it's interesting but then there's the part where it's like well when you meet up with them and then they're like oh i went to so-and-so you can't be like oh i know i saw because it's kind of like that's the end of your conversation yeah Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but you also already know that they went there so then there's that side that i don't like or there's the expectation that they're like oh but i posted about it why didn't you see that you know Mm. do you think people have that expectation i think some people do i'll be honest okay i've heard i don't but i feel like yeah I've had heard people be like, oh, you didn't see? I posted about it or something. Oh, really? I feel like, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I feel like or they, that would, it just because it happens to me so much and I'm like, have to remind <laughs> people, oh, I don't have Instagram. <laughs> I think it just burned into my, or like, or at least mm. like maybe like, oh, you didn't see? Or like not maybe their experience, but be like, mm-hmm. oh, you didn't see that person? They did this. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. see. I yeah. see. Oh, I guess But then social media is also great in that it, it has the ability for you to reach out and communicate with people, especially mm-hmm. people who aren't even in the same city or country as you. I think it is good for connecting and even like rekindling friendships. Like throughout mm-hmm. COVID, I've had a few experiences of just like myself replying to old high school friends' stories and they'll do the same. And that's been kind of nice to have like that quick update. How are you? So something that I'm interested in learning is after graduating, you know, I've only been graduated now for a few months, how have your friendships changed in terms of what was it like meeting new friends outside of college? Like I've heard that's hard and scary. I made zero friends since graduating. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess my coworkers. I'm friendly with but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm kind of just like once I clock out I'm like I'm I'm going home (laughs) so yeah Annalise can you speak to this (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I started off okay again super fortunate super lucky I'm so grateful for this experience but I started my job through a program that actually introduced me to a lot of other people most of them most of them also new grads and I also started this program in August which is usually when a lot Mm. of new grads start right so we're all kind of coming up from the same place and a good percentage of us also just happened to move to Boston so we had that and I remember actually the people that I'm really close with now in Boston 
um, that first night after, I think, I think it was that first night, the first night of orientation, one of them texted me and was like, Hey, we're going out for drinks. Do you want to come with? And I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, sure. Okay. So I went and you know, we've been kind of friends since, but again, there it's, they're also coworkers in a way yeah. because we all work in the same place, but we're on mm-hmm. different teams and different departments. Okay. So mm-hmm. in that way, I don't really see them as coworkers. I only see them as friends really. Mm-hmm. But then I, I'm also friends with people on my team. Mm-hmm. And then it's it's weird because for me, it's hard to distinguish that. I mean, obviously when I'm work, they're my coworkers. Mm-hmm. But then after hours, it's like, well, we still have to be professional because we all work together. Mm-hmm. But I think it it's interesting because I work at a fairly young company too. Like the average age on my old, old team was maybe 26. Mm-hmm. Wow. So fairly young, That's 26, nice. 27. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we all connected over that. It's been pretty fun. But it's also interesting because we were friends for about a year, less than actually, and then coronavirus happened. Mm, that's true. So it's not as easy to maintain those friendships just because they're so new. Mm-hmm. But that being said, like we're still friends, like we'll still text and stuff. So, and we actually mm-hmm. just called today. We had like a little oh. catch up. It was nice to see everyone. That's fun. That is nice. But yeah, it's really hard, I think, to make friends who aren't your coworkers because mm-hmm. you would have to join some kind of a club or a sport exactly to meet these people or you become friends with your coworkers friends or your coworkers roommates mm-hmm. or like your friends of friends or friends roommates mm-hmm. but other than that like if you want to find friends outside of work on your own you'd probably have to join some kind of club yeah. or sport I guess my, yeah, I remember hearing that. And one of my like closest experiences to that was when I was in Japan for the summer. And the only Mm -hmm. people I knew there at the time were my family friends and then two other students that were also there. One of them I was good friends with. The other one I had never met. So we Mm -hmm. like linked up and hung out. But we also did um, Meetup, which is like Mm an online platform where you basically meet up based on like similar interests Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and since we were in japan we went to a few like um learning japanese for americans events um Mm. but one of the friends that went to my school that was there she went to like a fourth of july event in japan so it was Mm -hmm. like guaranteed to be all americans and she Mm -hmm. met someone there from texas who then i later became friends with yeah, friends are friends. Yeah, but it was definitely really hard to just be in a new place and like not know anyone and figure out mm-hmm. how to connect with people. I had to be very resourceful. Um, yeah. yeah. But it's also hard just like, I'm curious, Kimi, did you ever feel comfortable going to those events alone? Because I've thought about like going to meet mm-hmm. up, but as like a woman, exactly. I don't really feel super comfortable going to those things alone. Like uh-huh. I'm like, I want to make friends, but I also mm. want to be safe. Yeah, there was another one we went to. It was like 18 and older and it was a drinking event, but like very casual. And none mm-hmm. of us wanted to go alone either because we were concerned about that. So we went together. Right. Um, but that definitely is hard. I mean, I guess if I were to go by myself, I'd go in daylight <laughs> to non-alcohol yeah. event, but... The other tricky part about like making friends after college is once you find that group, it's really hard to then expand that group because then you'll mm. meet all of their friends and they'll have met all of your friends. And it's like, well, now what? <laughs> like, we can only expand <laughs> so much. I guess too, when you're in a different place, 
because like for Brittany and I, we're both back home right now. So it's mm-hmm. really easy to have those friends available. So when, you know, quarantine first started, I think there was a lot of pressure. I get to use that time to catch up with everyone, mm-hmm. to like mm-hmm. be productive and that in that sense, also be productive in your relationships. Mm. So I guess, do you feel like there is kind of an unnecessary pressure to keep up with people especially when your most dis- most friendships right now are long distance friendships mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess I didn't I mean I understand what you're saying about that pressure I felt like it was I definitely felt it to reach out to people that I hadn't spoke to in a while but I feel like for me like my friends have always played such a large role in my life even when I was in college I would just talk to people on the phone like literally call 10 people and see who picked up and just like chat with them. What? I'm serious. I'm not even joking. And chat with them for like 10 minutes walking to class and then 10 minutes walking up if they could. So now obviously I can't do that. But I've tried to like integrate that into my life by I'm very goal oriented. So setting a goal to chat with two friends a week just because like that makes me happy catching up with people. And I just like like really being in the know in my friend's life. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess for me, the people that I reached out to more were friends, again, that I already had like an existing strong friendship with. It wasn't mm-hmm. like people who I hadn't talked to in years and was like, hey, we should catch up. Mm-hmm. But I think if anything, I started talking to people more. Like the people that I used mm-hmm. to consistently message, I've been messaging them way more than usual mm-hmm. like every day. Because that's all I do. (laughs) I mean, same. I think because now, like, if COVID didn't happen, hopefully I would be in a work environment and I would have to be super focused and, like, would have my Mm -hmm. colleagues to talk to. And now I have no one. I'm just at my desk. (laughs) Yeah. I used to, at work, I used to be so bad at texting people because I would get a text message. I'd see it, but I'd be working. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'll reply later. And I would completely forget to reply. Now it's like I reply in, like, seconds. (laughs) Yeah. Not great. I feel I like do. my experience is like total <laughs> not opposite, really? but like, well, it's just because. Well, first of all, I still work in person as a scribe, mm-hmm. so I my texting etiquette has pretty much stayed the same in terms of like I'll get to it probably mostly at the end of the day. Right. And then, secondly, I feel like Kimmy, I, you mentioned earlier like how how friendships are the type that where you could come back to them and it'll like pick up where lot like. Mm-hmm. last leaves off mm-hmm. I feel like I'm definitely that's how I view friendships as like I'll just mm-hmm. obvious like I'll give all my all for most for pretty much all my friendships but I don't feel the need to talk to everyone every single day like of course if they do mm-hmm. that I'm happy to but it's just like not a standard I necessarily need right. and so like when coronavirus hit I just remember like when people like like podcasts I listen to they're like oh I just spent this weekend catching up with my friends and catching up with this I was just like what the heck why am I supposed to be doing all this stuff? <laughs> I mean like of course I like it's not like I hate talking to my friends I love talking to my friends but I was just like wow this I feel just feel like it's just another pressure to like uphold mm. in terms of mm-hmm. scheduling calls and um texting people because I feel like when I text people mm-hmm. I don't like or when I catch up with people, I don't like text, texting someone I haven't talked to in like four months. I mean, like, hey, what's yeah. up? Like, I want it to be a full on phone call, which mm-hmm. makes it pretty difficult sometimes. 
So Brittany, you just mentioned that you felt like there's a lot of pressure to start reaching out to people because it seemed like everyone else was doing that. I'm curious to learn, like, did you feel like you were a bad friend during that time? Or what in particular do you think both of you could improve on becoming better friends? So I think the short answer to that question is yes. (laughs) I thought I um, wasn't supporting people during a time where everyone was having a very difficult time. And part of that was because I think I was having a very hard time myself because during that time I was studying for my MCAT and just, of course, dealing with what it felt like to live through a pandemic. But I don't know. That's also just a really big insecurity I have as a friend, I guess, tying into your question of did or what are things I could improve as a friend. I think my personal way of dealing with hard times or just mentally not doing well is I just don't confront anything. Even if that thing is a positive thing, like hanging out with a friend or trying to take care of myself, I often will not do that. And so I think during that time when I thought people were catching up and trying to support each other through that pandemic, Mm -hmm. I felt like I was being very selfish in just regressing to the the only coping mechanism I know, and that's not checking my phone, not replying to people. And um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that that's an insecurity I have with being a friend because sometimes I feel like I often can't support other people because that's my coping mechanism when I go through hard things. And sometimes I'm not the best at helping others because I know like I often can't help myself sometimes. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So do you think that expectation that you place on yourself comes from the fact that you think a good friend is one that's like always there for another friend? Yeah, definitely. Or where do you think you get that perspective from? I think because I do have that expectation as a friend who will support you when you need them most. Mm -hmm. And not to say I would ignore them, but I just see myself as not the most, I don't want to say stable, but (laughs) not the strongest source of support in terms of reaching out to them and checking in on them. Like I think if someone were to text me, Um, they were going through a hard time, I would, of course, reply and try my best to help them. But I'm not the best person to initiate conversation with people. Because like I said before, like, that's not necessarily my standard of friendship to always be texting someone, Mm -hmm. especially. So because I have such a high expectation for friendship, it's really hard for me to reach that expectation. And so I'll always just feel like a really bad friend, which kind of drives me to sometimes just regress into my own way of coping which is to not tackle the problem that that is at hand Mm -hmm. yeah I can't speak on like behalf of your other friends or even Annalise but I feel like I've never thought of you as a bad friend like everything you're saying I understand but I think like I mean, I guess it's just dependent on what people expect out of you. But I think it's really important that you put yourself first before others. Like, you need to get a grasp of what's happening in your life before you can help others. So I don't think you should feel bad about that. Yeah, I agree. I think you're a great friend, Brittany. 
Oh, wow. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I do take initiative in reaching out to people. So, I, Well, how do you think you can improve beyond being the initiator in a friendship? It's definitely just tough now because everything you don't see just because we're in a pandemic and it's discouraged to meet up with people. And I feel like a lot of relationships are built on having conversations with people specifically in person because it's different when you're texting behind a screen mm-hmm. versus actually meeting up with someone. So, I mean, in in a ideal situation, to be a better friend for me would mean like being for them physically and in person, but I just can't do that right now because we're in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Something that I, so with my friendships, a lot of it, as I've mentioned, is like sharing memes and tagging people, but to go beyond that mm-hmm. and like actually check in on their feelings, how they're doing in general, rather than, you know, surface level joking around, I think is a way to improve. Mm-hmm. That's true. I do like the memes, though. <laughs> yeah, they're fun. They're fun, but, you know, memes only go so far. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I would say for me, something I think I can improve on, like, similar to Annalise, I think I'm good on, like, the initiating end. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes I could be perhaps, like, judgmental when people tell me things. Mm. And I feel like I'm, like, very solution-oriented. So mm. I'm like, okay, here's what I think is best what you need to do to fix this problem. Mm. And like, of course, people are going to approach that in different ways. But if like a problem keeps recurring and I keep telling people the same things, then I get frustrated because I'm like, Mm. okay, I'm trying to help you Mm. to the best of my ability. Mm. But now I just feel like, I don't know, now I just feel like you're like hurting yourself Mm. through doing the same thing over and over. So I guess for that, I think I could be a better friend in being less judgmental or more understanding toward like other people's processes and perspectives. Mm. And perhaps like if I do see an issue getting worse with someone, just like bringing it up. Like, hey, I've gave you this advice multiple times. Maybe it's the wrong advice, but like, why do you think this problem is still happening? Mm -hmm. I will say, I think, Kimmy, you're a very logical person and I'm a very emotional person. And we've had conversations where I'm like, I don't know what to do. And then you're like, well, you're thinking with your feelings. And you're, you're telling me oh like more logically. And I'm like, oh, okay. So like, yeah, you. Like, I think your different perspective yeah. also helps me because we're, we see things differently. <laughs> that it's nice to have like a more logical approach. Whereas for me, I think a lot about feelings and how I'm hurting people emotionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ever since that Enneagram type, I'm like... <laughs> Annalise is very much a nine. <laughs> I don't even know any other nines. Well, I do, but like, yeah. The one that embodies nine the most. Exactly. Yeah, I think as someone who I feel like fits the type that even if I have a problem and I know the solution, I do like talking about it. Mm-hmm. I guess, do you understand that thought process of mm-hmm. sometimes the most therapeutic thing isn't necessarily like an answer, but going through the process of talking mm. it out mm-hmm. it has that helped you feel more empathetic towards people who maybe come with you through the with the same problem over and over mm-hmm. yeah I think talking it out is really good like that's also how I problem solve but 
I definitely like talking things out in person as opposed to texting because I just feel like a lot of things get lost through text. Mm -hmm, for sure. Especially because mm -hmm. I'm like, shoot, did I just hurt someone with what I said? Right, like, right. oh, I think you should do it this way. And then they're like, okay. Right. Emotions know. are hard to convey really? or yeah. Text. Yeah. yeah. So you're saying I should just call <laughs> Honestly, do it. <laughs> Alrighty. So we started the podcast off by asking our longest friendship, but we never really talked about how, I guess, we became friends. Which we touched on on episode one, but not fully in right. depth. I don't think we've even like flushed it out, our first impressions or anything like that. Mm. I mean, you two met before yeah. I met either one of you. So what did that look like? Yeah, yes. Brittany, what did that look like? <laughs> so, you love this story. You I love do love this story because it's so Annalise. <laughs> So it was like the first. It was me first year. I will say like, I don't think. Yeah. Okay. I will take that away. Yeah. That Annalise, her first year. So Scripps is very small. So I had become orientation friends with one of Annalise's friends from high school. And then we just like happened to meet at one of the first events. And she introduced me to Annalise. And then later after the event, it was lunchtime. And this is like the what, fourth, fifth day of school, technically. Yep. Yep. And. We all, you know, went to the dining hall. We all sat down. We were starting eating, like literally like two bites in. Annalise is like freaking out in the corner talking to her friend. And I was like, what's going on? And then like five more minutes later, she's like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, guys. Like, I have to go. Like, I have to, like, I'm just so flustered or something. I don't even know what she said. And it turns out that like there's this boy oh who was sitting like one table over and Annalise just couldn't handle being that close to him and I was just like she left and I was like who is this girl that has so much drama literally five days into school that she can't sit at like where you, I don't even know where you ate lunch that day <laughs> I know I remember we don't need to go into where but I remember you but you know what's funny is that I actually don't remember Brittany being there <laughs> Oh my gosh. You told me that. Like I I think I was just like so wrapped up in that moment that I only remember my friend. Do you remember meeting me though at the event before? No, I don't. At convocation? You don't remember meeting me? No, I don't. The first memory that I can recall of meeting you, Brittany, was at that lunch we had or dinner. It was um with our our mentors, I guess, part of the Asian American oh, mentor that program. Was the first time that was the first time that I remember meeting you wait is that right it was either that or it was when another mutual friend introduced you to me after one of our classes i think i didn't know you came you to lunch with us yeah i think that um, i think the ma the mentor one was before yeah so that's my first memory what, of Brittany. what was your impression of me you were quiet i was <laughs> which i now know is not true <laughs> <laughs> It is. <laughs> I mean, Brittany um, comes off as quiet. And then you she get does. To know yeah. her. Like when you first meet her, she is really quiet, and then and then you get to know her, and you're like, "How did I miss she? this girl for my entire life?" <laughs> yeah, how Basically. have I lived all my life without knowing her? <laughs> and Kimmy, I can't remember exactly. I, can't remember I was trying to recall. I think it was when for me and Brittany, when um, my sophomore year. Her junior year. Sophomore year. I definitely yes. interviewed you for 
the yes uh, really i remember yeah. you when at retreat so well, the same yes. asian american program we had a retreat and kimi is a year younger so i brandon and i were both mentors and kimi was a, a mentee and i remember meeting you there but i also remember knowing your brother before because he's in our year and mm-hmm. he's at Harvey Mudd and I and I'm on that campus a lot for my major. Mm-hmm. So I remember knowing you and then I lived with you for a year. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I think what happened was when I decided I was going to study abroad my sophomore year. Yes. I wanted to live in a suite because I really wanted to have my own room. And that's mm-hmm. really one of the only ways you can as a sophomore. So I saw a post that one of Annalise's suite mates, who was my Asian American sponsor mentor, posted about. And I messaged yes. them, and then they told the suite, and Annalise's suite and them accepted me. So that's how I was able <laughs> to live with them and get to know Annalise. And then that same summer, um, when I was in that Asian American sponsor program, during our training that happened during the summer, that's when I got to know Brittany better. Like, I remember we did a lot of personality things mm. and just, you know, like the typical bonding stuff. And when we were walking to like one of the uh, what local cafes, I asked her if she was a specific Meyer Briggs type <laughs> because oh, I just sensed really it. Into that. Oh my gosh, I totally remember this. I was like, are you like a INFJ or something like that? Because you remind me of one of my friends. Oh, I do remember you saying I yeah. remind you of one of your hometown friends. Yeah. Yes. And those <laughs> are like people that I typically get along with well. I like the NFT. So you you're like, oh, you're that. So I'm gonna be your friend whether you like it or not. <laughs> I mean I was you're like, along with you. <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> I just knew that we'd be compatible. Yeah. Mm. Wait, Kimmy, I remember like yeah, I knew you from that um sponsor program, but I remember like Maybe, like, one of the first times I got, like, really close to you or, like, would consider you as, like, more, like, a friend more so than just, like, a mentor that was part of the program was when we were at the retreat and then one of the toilets had his, like, when the lid was closed (laughs) on top of the lid was, like, rats for some reason. Yeah. Like, a photo of rats. Like, cartoon rats. it looked like rats rats were in the toilet. It looks like rats were coming out of the toilet. And that was the that was the toilet like seat cover, and I took a photo of it and like kept sending it individually to Kimmy. Really? <laughs> and she, yeah, you'd be like, stop it, stop sending me the, or maybe it was in the group chat. But I would just do it to like antagonize Kimmy specifically because I knew she didn't like it. I mean, Britt just had it out for me. She also thought that I was a Disney girl. Literally, like, the third day of this retreat, she's like, Kimmy, do you like Disneyland? (laughs) No, I said it. See, this is the thing. Like, Brittany's so quiet, and then you get to know her, and she just, like, comes for you. And you're like, what? (laughs) No, it was a comment where, like, I automatically assumed you, like, knew Disney or something. And you're like, I don't know. I never watched that. And I was like, you're not a Disney girl? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now I know yeah. it's probably just your way of trying to bond. So, yeah, it's, yeah. quite polarizing. <laughs> and then we all live together. The end. Yes. We all live yeah. together. Well, I think it's kind of interesting because you two were close. And I feel like I was mm. close individually with both of you. Mm. But we mm. didn't all really become close together until we lived together. Our se- my yeah. se- 
my junior year, your senior year. Oh senior, yeah, that yeah. is true. Right? Yeah, I guess yeah, because we were yeah, it was interesting because we were all individually close to each other. We never mm-hmm. like thought anything of it. Like even though we are all close, I wouldn't say that we're like a group by any means. This no. is like the first time that we've done something all together. Like we would never even like get meals together, go places together. This is really our first friendship venture. Yeah, not just the three of us. It was yeah. always with our whole suite or something. Mm-hmm. In this episode, we covered a lot of topics dealing with friendship, how social media can play pressures on friendship, how COVID has impacted our friendships, and how we've really tried to maintain friendships during this time. One of my tips would be a quote that I've heard many times, and it's like the five people that you surround yourself with are the ones mm. that are most or like make up you oh okay that wasn't explained well but like just surround yourself by good people and one of my old advisors would always say like so choose wisely because this these people are really going to impact your life mm-hmm. so I think it's like always interesting to reflect on how your friends have shaped you mm. and in ways transformed you I honestly do believe that if you're giving more into a friendship than you're receiving it's totally okay for you to reevaluate and decide whether this friendship is worth your time and energy and if not it's okay to kind of cut them off not in a harsh way but kind of what Kimmy's saying like the people that you surround yourself with make up who you are and if there's someone that I think you are giving more into and not getting enough back then it's okay to reevaluate that. There's no rule saying that you have to be their friend, you know? I would say my um, thing I've learned about friendship over the years is there's no set way that a friendship should look. Like, it's mm-hmm. not like you have to eat lunch with them every single day like mm-hmm. it is in, um, you know... Uh, elementary school. Elementary school, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what's that grade? Um, and... Yeah, you don't really have to live up to a standard of friendship if they make you happy. I think it's any friendships can look a wide variety of ways. Mm -hmm. For sure. Definitely. Well, thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a comment about your longest friendship and to tag that person. You can follow us on at Adulthood Pending Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and LinkedIn, or at Adult Pending Pod on Twitter. And you can also send us an email to hello.adulthoodpendingpodcast at gmail.com. Join us every other Monday for new episodes. We can't wait to share even more stories and are excited you're with us on our adulthood journey. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.